Hey, hey, you're listening to the Josh Optical Podcast, and this is a special episode because I have my first guest. I don't like to think of this as a guest because we're just having a convo and talking about doing something new, the both of us, and uh, I will allow my guest, Dawn Poole, to introduce herself and in whatever way she sees fit for this occasion. <laughs> Dawn, who, who are you and where did you come from? My name, as Joshua said, my name is Dawn Poole. I am um, I'm a retail professional in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I um, recently have opened my first and my first business, Sunny Shoes. I'm on Renolda Road right here in Winston-Salem. Um, so yeah, I'm just floating along, living the dream. Cool. Alrighty, so I know Dawn, for those of you who know me and might have a reason to listen to this, I know Dawn because I worked for Dawn at BE Shoes, another small local business. Uh, I had left my first and only corporate job ever. I was running the music department at Barnes & Noble and was tired of working until midnight on weekends and uh, basically being a glorified or an unglorified loss protection officer who was supposedly selling, you know, uh, art. So th- that was I was tired of that and left the uh, dubious security of that job for a uh, you know commission shoe selling job with some wonderful, uh, lovely people, all ladies beside myself. And uh, for me, working with Dawn was an education in sales because it was my education of learning that sales isn't sales. Um, it was learning that when sales is done well. You can take the sleaze out of sales. And uh, just before our conversation here, Don and I were talking about how these days more than ever, because people have access to so much information and uh, can educate themselves so much or uh, uneducate themselves as the case may be, which is good that the information is out there, but that people are more leery than ever, um, you know, of a a retailer, a salesperson, especially somebody uh, local when there can be the perception that well, why would I pay more? Why would I do this? Or when we're used to being treated as the try-on establishment where people come and figure out what they want and try on their shoes, or in my case, glasses, as I sell glasses, and then say, thanks, I'm going to go get these cheaper on wherever. That's always fun. Always fun. Always fun. Always fun. So we're kind of in this, talking about this uh, tension of being people who care about people and community and you know, the connection of keeping local business alive and you have to, you know, do enough business to remain in business or else you're not doing what you're doing anymore. But also knowing that, you know, the sales part is, you know, it's oxygen, but it's not ultimately the reason that you're there. If either of us were in our careers just to make money, we would, neither of us would be doing what we are doing. Me doing music and selling glasses and and Don running a small independent, uh, shoe store slash boutique. So I want to give Don the opportunity now to say uh, that what she might call her business now as it is becoming, as opposed to what it has been, and maybe just kind of what that process has been like for you of, of churning through, okay, what have I been? How have I identified my business? What's working about that for me? What's not? And what I want to do about it? Yeah, it's been a long grind for me to sort of realize, um, you know, that I am able to change 
And I've learned over the last year, so many of us have, that you know, being adaptable is super important. Um, and one of the wonderful things about having a small business, and in particular, you know, owning your own business, is that you can meet the demands of your customers. You can change without having to go through all sorts of things. And, and it just sort of occurred to me, you know, so much of my identity is wrapped up, you know, when I see people around town, it's, you know, shoe girl. I know shoes and I do and I really enjoy it um, but it has been very difficult to um, perform the aspects of my job that I find fulfilling um, and I have sort of developed I think a new passion as I've gone along um, finding that you know people really enjoy the experience of shopping and retail. So that part of it, which is really important for me, is still there. Um, but the medium, I think, by which I accomplish that is is going to change. Um, and that has been really invigorating and inspiring to me. So I am going to change what I select and what I offer to um, the good people in Winston-Salem. I'm not gonna just do um, ladies and men's shoes. I'm going to branch it out into apparel, and I'm going to start to offer goods for children for every day. You know, not fancy, but current um, things, shoes, clothing, toys, books, all kinds of things. So it, it's a big leap for me, um, but it's very calculated and deliberate and um, terrifying, which makes me really happy. <laughs> I sometimes find that I'm not, um, I am not wholly, you know, satisfied unless there's an element of, oh shit, to what I'm doing. Right. So um, right. it, it puts a healthy dose of that into, into my business yeah. for the time being. I, it, it will give me a lot to learn and challenge me, and I really look forward to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that, and I'm glad you got into the oh shit of it because I want, you know, my podcast, which you've listened to it, has been... Yeah. Um, raw to say the least as I record this into my free anchor app on my phone um, with absolutely no editing whatsoever because I think all of us are we have uh, perfection fatigue I've heard that term used for sure. um, what, what I call Instagram culture which of course it's about a lot more than Instagram but just that Instagram was sort of the it, it was the you know the the quintessence of that thing of let me show the most perfected, hyper everything version. And then we all, I don't think because, you know, the internet made me do it, but just because the internet kind of like distills all those insecurities of like, yeah. is my life perfect enough? Is my, and that can be my life or in this case, our business or, yeah. or my, in this case for me, my podcast, is it perfect enough? So with my content all along, we're going all, all over the place, but it's all part of one conversation. With my content all along from the beginning, I, I was sick of that in the guitar world. Yeah. Um, so we're, uh, the, I'm seeing that in the guitar world. I've been uh, a loud and ugly voice for, in praise of imperfection from the beginning. Yeah. And it's mostly been self-protection because I don't have the option of, I'm not, a, sure. I'm not polished. I'm not a polished yeah. person. I can relate to that. I'm a passionate person. Yes. I'm talented. Yes. I'll own that. I'm very skilled. I've never, polish has never been an interest of mine. Sure. It has only been something that I felt pressure to do in order to fit in because 
oh, this is the Instagram, or now YouTube, people feel like their YouTube content has to be so polished, nobody's gonna watch it, and they'll spend 18 hours editing and perfecting a video that's six minutes long that the only people who are going to even click on it to like it are their friends who are mostly clicking on it to support them, which is sweet. But very few of them are going to take the time to watch it. And why would they? I don't have time to deeply invest in all of my friends' content, all hundreds of them all across the, the city, state, nation, and planet. So why would I do that? So to me, that's part of, um, two things there. One is, you know, sort of in praise of imperfection, you know, leaning into your strengths and not worrying so much if you're not the, the, the curator, if you're not the hyper curator type to not worry about that so much. And then also to make yourself, give yourself opportunities to be seen and heard at whatever you're doing, which is back to the podcast thing of, you know, putting out regular content that is imperfect, not just for the sake of saying, well, I don't have to play that game, but for the sake of being real and being more inviting to people because when you give people permission to be, I hate to say authentic because it's like we've, we've gone in and made that this other perfected thing, but just to to be, to be real, to be yourself, to be, to have your rough edges, including in your content, then people go, Oh, maybe it's okay for me to be that way. And you give a certain space of permission and back to the business conversation, we have spaces to in which to do that because when you're running this space here whether somebody comes in for shoes or eventually they're coming in and they're here kind of for shoes but really they just like want to get their kids something new so that because they have a birthday party next weekend or whatever you're you're in a hosting space and that's something that you don made me understand for our listeners here we're always talking to you too uh all both of you uh (laughs) when hey hey, you and um (laughs) You are the person who I think made me realize, not at the moment, but looking back, that retail of any kind is hosting. Your primary job is as a host. And it is a balance of what kind of, I'll use the bar analogy. If you're running a bar, there's a combination of this is the mood I want to set. This is the kind of bar I want to have. But if you are audacious about that and people come in and they want to drink, you know, all your all your, you know, bar drink comers want to drink this kind of drink. And you're like, no, I don't want to be that kind of bar. There's a balance there because if you just give the people everything they want and then you essentially become identity less and you might as well be, you might as well be anybody. You're just anybody. But if you only say, no, this is the kind of space I want to have. And you don't listen to what they want at all. You're not going to be in business very long. Yeah. So I think that conversation of that, that balance and tension and push and pull of what I want to offer versus, okay, what do they want yeah. is part of the conversation about where your business is shifting. Yes. And I would like to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. on that. Holy moly. Where do I start? How do I unpack it? So first of all, it's awesome that you were able to sort of glean that in our time together at BE Shoes. Um, and it's, it really, it really makes me um, happy to hear that something that I care deeply about has been conveyed without a deliberate conversation because I very much feel that, you know, when somebody comes into your space, your work, where you spend all of your time that you care about, um, it is your house. Um, And you do want to cater to the people who come to see you. You want to be kind to them. You want to offer them a great experience. Um, But you have to know who you are. 
Um, you have to be willing to change. Um, if you can know who you are and make the changes, then it will be okay because it still is, you know, whatever it is that draws people to where you are, that has to kind of remain the same. I don't, I, it's, I, I get, I have a hard time sort of talking through it because I have so many thoughts on, you know, providing a quality retail experience. Can, can um, I interrupt to help? Of course. Interrupt for the sake of helping. You, kept, you keep saying the word yeah. experience, and that's where we go back to what's happening with online versus mm-hmm. in person. And yeah. so what can I get? So yeah, let's I, hear it. I see, I see a retail experience. I see, you know, we all know that going into a retail store, going into a brick-and-mortar store, especially if it's just a local place, that is a deliberate effort on your part. And... I really see it now more than ever as a form of entertainment. For a long time, I saw it as a form of education. You know, it was a way to kind of guide people and teach them something that they maybe cared about because they cared enough to come into your store and take a look at what you had. So it would be easy to have those conversations and maybe teach people something or share something with them that meant something to them. Um, But now it's more of just, you know, like what kind of sensory experience can you provide for people because anything you can possibly think of can be found in a couple of clicks and then pop up on your doorstep in a day or two and, and it's cheaper so than we could ever sell it to them probably yeah. yeah usually and and i have to tell you a lot of times if it's not cheaper than you can buy it in a retail store it doesn't matter because you don't have to get in your car you don't have to get that's dressed right. Yeah, right. that's worth something yeah um, and people know it. How do, how do you be worth getting out of your pajamas for when somebody could be at home on Zoom meetings only dressed from the waist up? You know? Yeah. How do you, and it's, yeah. That's a good question. How do, how do you be, how do, how do you make it worth that? You, um, I was kind of thinking about it as you were talking about providing an authentic, you know, experience for people via, you know, your, cha- you know, your social media, your channels, and it's, you know, you kind of have the same philosophy that I do. And um, we're very different, though, in that I don't give a rip if it's presented, you know, in a certain way that other people are presenting their stores. I, I don't want it to be that polished because I want people to know that it's just me. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I think that there's something endearing about that. And there's something really endearing about being able to just put it out there and make a mistake and be a little bit haphazard. People still know that you care. Um, But I am so sort of anti-pretension that it's almost pretentious. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, I I just couldn't care less if I'm supposed to post every single day or, you know, I just, it, it really is just when it moves me and I feel like it's worthwhile. I don't want to bombard people with, you know, and that, that has always been another thing for me is I don't want to bombard you. Right. Tell me what you need. Right. Tell me what you want. Right. We can talk about it. If yeah. I don't have it, I'll tell you. Right. I'll help you find it. Yeah. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tap and dance because you'll know, eventually you'll know that I'm just, you know, shucking and jiving. Right. Um, and that has always kept me like on the straight and narrow, just knowing that you know eventually people can sniff it out. So it sounds like you're telling me you've 
you're telling me that you have learned through negative experience, and I don't mean necessarily negative. Uh, I'm thinking negative, like yin and yang. This color and fear. <laughs> fear. 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 Okay. Yeah, so the you, the you fear had... of somebody thinking that I sold them. Mm. Just the thought of somebody saying to me, like, and here's the other thing too, like. We're not selling mattresses. Yeah. People aren't going to come and see us once and then never see us again. Right. If we have a good offering for them, if we have something worthwhile, if it's, you know, a fun form of entertainment, they're going to come back and see you. Yeah. So that, you know, is a very good encouragement to just, you know, do what you can with what you have and, yeah. and recognize your limits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's there's a lot in there I want to speak to. You were you were talking about the not bombarding from a, a social media standpoint at first. I am an absolute carpet bomber when it comes to social <laughs> media, just because I've learned through experience that even the people who follow you the most closely will maybe see one out of three posts that I post, and if they're following that closely, then they're really rooting for me. And anybody who really don't want to see it is is going to unfollow but let's go to unfollowing in real life so you're that's what you're because that's what we really don't want as retailers that's and friends it actually like still really matters right right and there's not the line between as we're seeing you know covid pushed everything forward in terms of not just technology but the integration of what we call technology or online life with real life it's pretty real when i can essentially say alexa send me a new pair of dance goes and they show up that's yeah. a pretty blurry line between online life and real life. We're living right? in the future. Right. So, so we're, we're there, but to bring it into the in real life part, because I think that's where your passion for the not bombarding comes from, yes. or the, there, there were two different strains there. One is bombarding, as in somebody comes in and you're going, hey, you want this? Hey, you want yes. that? You don't want to be a carnival barker, you know? Uh, you know, hot shoes, get your hot shoes, you know? Um, <laughs> You don't want to do that because you don't want to want people to feel like you are just throwing a bunch of stuff at, you know, your retail being the stuff and them being a, a wall and trying to see what sticks that they can walk out the door with. A, because it's just like not a good strategy. for Even if only you cared about, all you cared about was money and sales, that would be a poor tactic. Yes. In this kind of environment. Sure. You know, if you're selling peanuts at the ball game, that's probably a good tactic here. It's yes. not so much. But more so because of the relationships part. And this is where, again, you help me understand through non-verbally, indirectly, you help me understand that, you know, when business is done well, and I think that is more true now than ever, mm-hmm. there is not, not only is there not a mutual exclusivity between doing what's good for your business and doing what's good for people that your mm-hmm. customers, but that they are actually complementary. that doing what's best. Example, if somebody comes in here and you're just thinking, boy, it's been a slow week. I better, I better hit my quota. Like, you know, like, like the cop, you know, who's got to pull over five people. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the image, you know, you know? And so if you're in that mindset and you just try to like, you know, really schmooze somebody and they, kind of like some shoes and you just push, you know, the most expensive shoes or the whatever. Oh, it's so great. And you make them feel good. And, you know, we're dealing with real people here who are coming in with real lives and real concerns and worries and insecurities and fears. And some of them are coming in because their husband was an asshole that week. And some of them are coming in because their mom's really sick and in the hospital and whatever else. If you take that person, I have to say say, in that case, I am totally here for you. 
You don't even need to pretend that you need anything. No, exactly. Just come in and talk. No, exactly. Exactly. And again, that's being good to people. You're not going, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not going to sell her anything. She's just here, to, <laughs> she's just here to, to, to complain about Chuck, you know. But it's also, that also is built, it's all relationships. So you're building a relationship there that's based on humanity. Yes. Which is not, it's, you know, you don't want this to drive. You don't want it to be a conniving thing. But we're humans and yeah. we have to survive. And sure. you're, that's also good for your business too because yeah. people feel if they came in and they really just needed that retail therapy that doesn't involve buying anything. Yes. And you give them the space, host, yes. you know, be, be the good host, hostess to provide them that experience. And they never felt an inch of, oh God, I better buy something because, you know, just like, no. I would be mortified. Yeah, you never want them to feel that way because you don't want to do that to another person that you care about, which is everybody, and that is actually true in Dawn's case, which because I know her and Jason and the way they are, that's just how they are. But also because again, that is not a good move for your business. If people if people feel that they were pressured or schmoozed or whatever, and they went home feeling so great and they spent eight hundred dollars at you know sunny shoes, and then the next morning or two weeks later they're going, wait, why did I buy these? Don't even fit. Hey, wait a minute. That's not good for anybody. No. So, experience, relationships, entertainment, hosting, these are all the things that we have to offer that Amazon doesn't. For sure. And I think it is really uh, bold and, and maybe, uh, well, just, it, it's bold, but it's not. It's practical. It's practical yeah. boldness for you to move into a different space to say, what I'm offering, you know, some of it people just don't want. What I, as far as the expertise or whatever, once everybody comes in and they've they've done the equivalent of you know a, a WebMD for shoes, you know, and they know what they know or they think they know, and they're just not open to it. So that that is one of the that's one of the things we have to move through. Sometimes I do it in music. I do it with selling glasses. Is sometimes you know there's an ego thing of just being like, you know what, they really don't care how many years you went to school for this. And the, in this case, school for you is selling shoes and learning a bunch for a long time. Yeah. They care about their experience. Yeah. So I'd be interested in you sharing a little bit about that side of it and how you still are able to, again, back to what they want versus the environment you wanna offer, how you balance enough of that so you don't feel like you are just dancing to whatever tune they they uh, put on the jukebox. So this is actually what kind of led me to realize that I needed to make a change within my store because, you know, as you were talking about, you know, giving people an authentic experience and and not wanting um, to just sell somebody for the sake of hitting my quota um, and people not really necessarily wanting to hear my advice on fit. They don't need an expert. Um, It has kind of made me over the last couple of years really afraid to open up um, and interact with people. And when that's what you love to do, it like really does a number on your like just on everything, on your mind, on your body, on afraid your emotions. That you're afraid if you start to share your passion, education, whatever, they're just thinking, oh God, what is she trying to sell me right now? Um, part of that, yeah, part, part of it is that. Part of it is that I, I know that people don't want to hear it. You know, and so it's sort of for me, it's like, okay, so so what do I do? You know, like, how do I how do I relate to this person? I think um, I guess that's a big part of, of, you know, having an interaction with a person for me is being able to sort of understand them or let them know that, like, 
I empathize mm-hmm. at the very least, yeah. you know, or that I want them to be okay. Um, and not being able to, you know, because people sort of can draw their own conclusions and know what they're coming in for and don't really need me for anything other than to like scan the box. Um, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I want to do. Um, and it's, it's hard to know like how to, you know, interact. I have really been stifled over the last couple of years, um, just trying to get with people. So the last couple of weeks realizing like, Hey, I don't like, first of all, realizing like, I'm burnt out on this and then realizing like oh I, I don't have to do that and then yes, realizing not being business in general this being like not being in business in general but being you know like fitting shoes and trying and it's the other thing like if I can be real frank it's super expensive to yeah. buy shoes yeah. like to have enough shoes to accommodate 60% of the people that what come you into your you door in a 10 and 3 quarters it is so expensive, you know, and I am like, I am checking, I'm, I am not established. I'm trying to become established. I'm not even established. So it's super expensive. First of all, I am having a hard time connecting with people. Um, I'm, I, I am aware that I have burnt out on it. I'm aware that I can do something about it. And now I'm doing something about it and it feels really exciting. And like I said, terrifying. Yeah. Um, so does that sort of answer? No, absolutely. Yeah, okay. it all speaks to it. I'm always thinking about who's listening, however <clears throat> few they may be for now, because I'm getting established yeah. with this to all yellins. And so if we play our cards right, this might find its way into the ears of somebody either who's thinking of starting a business, a small yeah. business in some kind of real life space, because I think sure. we are talking largely we're not talking to drop shippers here you know we're talking to people who have doesn't mean you don't also have an online store but we're talking to people who have a f- real physical space people can go to how do you be uh worth getting out of your pajamas for and those kinds of things so we could be talking to somebody who's thinking of starting a business somebody who's in a position very similar to you you can also be talking to somebody whose business is just crushing but they're also ambitious and they are just like how do I stay relevant how do you know yesterday's wins don't really matter tomorrow could you know again COVID showed us and that's, you know, implicitly or explicitly, that's what we're talking about a lot with the difficulty of connecting with people in this time. Uh, so, and then there also might be people who were successful for 18 years and they were just rolling in 20 and 19 back in those days. And then now they're going, oh, wait, wait, something, something happened here. I'm feeling pretty vulnerable. That's a hard place to be in. That's a really, really hard place to be in. I think that's much scarier than being new and feeling like you know you're you're just trying to make it yeah there's a lot of um grace that comes with being new and being okay with saying like i'm figuring it out (laughs) you know like i'm flying by the seat of my pants um because once you get to the point where you can just sort of like say i'm flying by the seat of my pants like you're gonna figure it out yeah it's gonna be messy and that's okay yeah but you're gonna figure it out because there's a lot that goes into getting to that point yeah you know, yeah. where you can just sort of, but I would say to anybody who's thinking about doing business, anybody who is doing business and, and kind of struggling, like just do it. Some of the best, if you will just do it, some of the best things that you can ever learn come from making mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the great thing about being a human being in 2021 is that, you know, despite what the internet might tell you, you can make mistakes. 
you will recover from them. Nothing will teach you like making a mistake yeah. will. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, just do it. Yeah. Do it. Doing things, uh, you know, wins, you know, non-mistakes, whatever you want to call it, it usually don't, they feel good for a minute, but you, you're not, it's not where the learning's really going to come from. Yeah. And I do think that, of course, there are exceptions. There are grumpy people or people who are just insistent on, on being unhappy or having a problem. But by and large, who knows how long we'll remember it, but I do think there has been a certain grace that people have learned uh, through this time of saying, you know what, other people, nobody else knows my stuff of what's really going on. Nobody else knows how hard my stuff is. I probably don't really know how hard somebody else's stuff mm-hmm. is. So if I show up to Sunny Shoes and it says, I'm sorry, my baby has explosive diarrhea. I don't know when I'll be back from lunch <laughs> or whatever the case may be. You know, they might be sad for a minute or whatever, but for the most part, people are going to say, you know what, good for them for yeah. taking care of themselves. That's one thing that I've noticed, and I hate to kind of go off on this, but no, do it. it has been so amazing to see small business people like, have a life. Yeah. And people be like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> We're going to let them have a life. You're like, loud. Yeah. It is so nice to yeah. see. Um, yeah, people be able to like take time off for their family. I've heard a couple people complain about it. Whatever. You know. Yeah, okay, great. Guess what Guess what else they're going <laughs> to complain about? Everything. But, but also, guess what? They're probably not making any scary decisions for themselves either. Yeah. It's really easy to have disdain for people when you're, you know, tucked in a corner. Yeah. Or you're just working in a very stable, you know, secure kind of cushion environment. That doesn't even necessarily mean you're like, you know, living high on the hog, but just the opposite of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. So as if you think, you think it was easy for me to make this decision when every dollar I make really, really counts, but I'm making the decision to close for a long weekend to spend time with my family. You think, you think that was fun for me. <laughs> you think I did that to spite you, you know, Cheryl? <laughs> like, like, no, that's not the case. So there's always going to be people who see things that way. But I think, I do think again, that zooming out that we've, there's a certain um, understanding and grace or a willingness to be okay with not understanding what other people are going yeah. through. That's something else too, that I've kind of learned recently is it feels amazing to just like be perplexed by something and be like, oh, well, you know what? Like, it's like, I don't have to worry about that. I don't I might need to have understand to. that. <laughs> I might have to eventually, but right. right now, like, that's not my dragon. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Like, God bless them. Totally. Hope everything's okay. Yeah. I hope they're all right. It feels that's so it. good yeah. to just not, you know. Yeah. Not feel like, well, I just don't understand. It's like, well, yep, that's right. You just don't understand. And you, they really, your understanding is not required. We can learn so much at, <clears throat> you know, again, just the click of a couple keys. We can learn so much. It's nice to just be like, you know what? Hmm. Yep. It's awesome. Cool. I hate the abrupt ending, but I need to do it. This has been awesome. And everybody who is still listening, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Dawn, for doing this. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, very quick 30 minutes there. I hope you all enjoyed this and got something out of it. If you have any questions, please get to me. You can reach me anywhere, Josh Optical. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places, YouTube, TikTok, whatever. You can also email josh at joshoptical.com. And... Uh, be looking out for whatever Dawn is doing next and however I can be a part of that. What is Dawn going to say? You can find me by homing pigeon. Homing pigeon yeah. by homing pigeon. You got to want it. You can also come see Sunny's Shoes. Yes, we and... are um, 10 to 5, Monday through Saturday, and we are at 1204 Renolda Road, just behind Forsyth Realty, next to the wonderful Rebecca and Company and Airstream Coffee Park. That's right. You know where the Airstream is. You can find her. Thanks, everybody. Love y'all. Bye.